Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. For this season, we will be rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender for the third time for me and for the three millionth time for Jordan. So let's start with season three, episodes seven and eight. And as we uh, continue in our podcast, it's time for us to do our recaps. Um, Beth has volunteered to do season three, episode seven, The Runaway. Um, Just as a reminder of our rules, we go through and we try to recap them in the course of a minute. Um, Our success rates are mixed. Beth, I have an eye on the clock. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. In three, two, one, go. All right. So episode begins with Toph getting chased down and yelling at Katara for betraying her. What could have happened? Flashback three days earlier. Um, The gang is going into town trying to get their last uh, silver piece to buy some food. And then they end up scamming somebody who's doing a rock game and trying to scam other people coming back with lots and lots of food. Katara chews them out a little bit. And they're like, yo, Katara, back off. You're being mean. They continue to run these scams, stealing from people, doing insurance scams, just the whole gamut. (laughs) Toph has a wanted poster put up of her and people are after her and she doesn't seem to think it's a problem, but Katara does. Um, Eventually... Sokka and Toph have a heart-to-heart where Katara's like, or uh, where Toph is like, "Uh, Katara, like, I understand what she's trying to do, I guess, and I'm not really that mad at her. And Katara's like, hey, Toph, let's scam people. They managed to get captured by Sparky Boom Man, who sets up a trap for the Avatar, (laughs) and they all escape together in the end. Nice, with, like, five seconds left to go. Okay. (laughs) I could tell you were getting panicked. I was a little bit. (laughs) Yeah? You, You only called him Sparky Boom Man as compared to Sparky Sparky Boom Man. I'm trying to be uh, efficient here. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be concise. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And then as is seasonally appropriate, I have episode eight, The Puppet Master. Yes. And we are, reco- we are recording this on Halloween. We know this comes out uh, on November 2nd, but we are recording this on Halloween. So this is very seasonally appropriate. Um, so Beth, I am ready whenever you are. All right. And three, two, one, go. We start with the classic campfire ghost stories where Sok and Katara are trading off stories about the spooky events of the water tribe. Meanwhile, Toph actually hears somebody under the ground and then it vanishes. Creepy old grandma Hama appears out of the, out of the woods. And she's like, want to go stay in my inn? And they're all like, sure. Um, We find out through this process that she is from the Southern water tribe. Um, We find out that she was captured for being a waterbender. And to her knowledge, all waterbenders um, had been wiped out from the Southern water tribe. Uh, meanwhile, some investigation is going on as to why people are mysteriously disappearing from the town. And at first we think it's spirits, but those are turning up no leads. Meanwhile, Hama is teaching Katara the, the gifts of the Southern Water Tribe and all the different ways she can do bending. Then, under the night of the full moon, while one half of the gang realizes it's Hama and they find the prisoners, Katara learns this, learns that Hama can know blood bending. They do an epic little fight um, where eventually Katara stops Hama from blood bending by doing her own blood bending. One second. Dang it. No, you have one second to spare. You made it. (laughs) We did it. We did it. Where's the the applause sound effect? Where are the roaring crowds? I tried to... It's it's, it's the trick of these last few episodes. They've all been A plot, no B plot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like you want to give a good amount of detail because there's not that much going on. Exactly. And so like... But then you run into the trap of like, okay, but I really don't have that much time. Mm-hmm. And so 
Uh, yes, excellent. And now we move on to the part of the show where we give each episode a deep analysis um, and give our own nerdy takeaways. And so, Beth, we start with the episode of The Runaway, and you mentioned it a little bit in your recap. It's kind of, it's kind of an interesting, uh, intriguing start there where we see Katara um, give away Toph right at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, like, knowing kind of knowing how stories tend to work it's like okay this can't really be happening right but like it is kind of it's an interesting way to start an episode we haven't seen one start at the end and kind of flashback before so it it kind of mixes things up and it's fun and i think the funny thing like looking back at it is like katara and toph um like like katara betraying toph like like you said we know we know it's there's no way it happened but there is a little part of you that's like yeah I could see it happening. True. Like you could you could see I mean obviously the episode then manifests itself with their conflict, but you're like I could see these two button heads. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's 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 so interesting because Katara and Toph are two very good, very well developed characters, but my goodness, are they just opposites? Oh yeah. Like Katara is like so motherly and she's like like even in the episode she's like i'm not motherly speak up don't mumble sit down wipe your nose <laughs> like- <laughs> right, exactly. right and i and i love i love that self-awareness and, and and like it's not it could be viewed as belittling but i don't know i don't think it's belittling it's it's just acknowledging that yeah like character flaw or not like katara is definitely motherly yeah meanwhile on the other hand toff is basically bratty child <laughs> so. oh my gosh, yes and it's so interesting because they both have you know, they both don't have great upbringings, but Katara maybe slides into, you know, the, the result of a more normal upbringing, whereas Toph maybe slides into the result of what a not so good upbringing would maybe, what we would assume a not so good upbringing would bring a, would cause a person. Yeah. And granted, like, like you said, they both had bad upbringings in different ways. Like Katara had the whole village. She had grand grand. Her mom died early. Her dad left, but she's she had to grow up too fast and she mm-hmm. has abandonment issues. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Toph, on the other hand, is our little precious angel who's not allowed to grow up at all. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and, it is, and isn't it interesting that she doesn't grow up like throughout her life? Like mature, like there is maturity, but there's also a heavy dose of immaturity because she was never allowed to grow up. True. I didn't even think about that. I, had, I honestly hadn't either until you'd, until you'd said something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, when, when it comes to this episode, there's not there's not a whole lot of deep moral lessons that I think we can gather from these episodes. It's kind of, there is slight character development. It's just kind of more of, honestly, it's kind of more filler. Um, but we do, I don't know. There are, there are some points where it seems a little bit, some of this episode seems a little ridiculous, I guess, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly the escalation of the scams. I, <laughs> It goes from like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna guess the, where the rock is underneath the cups to highway robbery. <laughs> right, like there's some of that sort. Yeah, like the justifiability of some of it is like, okay, yeah, I can see like, yeah, they're scamming people. We're scamming them back. Like, not actually a correct argument, but okay, you know, fairly logical. To like, ooh, there's a wealthy person. Let's um, 
let's pretend that I got, you know, injured on the side of the street. Also, let's impersonate the police. Um, and let's <laughs> pretend that the police can be bribed. And maybe they can be. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what social issues in the Fire Nation look like. Um, yeah, it's. It's yeah, it, 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 there's, and, and granted, it's a kid show, but there's a part of it where it's just like, OK, when did we go from like simple like rigging gambling to straight up crime? Right. <laughs> right. And especially like especially Aang, I'm very surprised, goes along with this. Sokka, not so much. Sokka is uber practical. And so like I could see him going along with this. But even but usually Aang, Aang is kind of Aang is usually one of our softies. Like usually Toph and Sokka are on the are on the practical side and Katara and Aang are on the more emotional side. And so I'm kind of surprised Aang goes along with it. Yeah, probably just thinks it's fun. He is a kid after all. It's true. Yeah. And so I guess so then moving on from there, we get into, I, I mean, the big highlight, of course, is probably Toph's parenting issues and how in some ways, well, it's, it's like, it's like Toph's parenting issues. It's like parents. Parents is the big theme. Mm-hmm. It's like Toph's parenting issues. Um, and then we get, oh, Sokka. Oh, oh, Sokka, you about made me cry. When yeah. With that little, with that whole line of like, I don't even see my mom. I don't even see my mom anymore. I don't even know what she looks like. When I think of when I think of my mom, I see Katara's face, and I was like, oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh. And then also, kind of like, it lets you know why like people always meme on Katara for, my mom's dead. My mom's dead. Hi, I met you two minutes ago. My mom's dead. <laughs> but at the same time, like Sokka may not have born as much of the brunt of the effect of that because Katara protected him from it, right? Like, she mm. stepped up and filled that role. Sure, he was sad that his mom died, but he didn't m- notice I guess the day-to-day aspects of the life of life being that different, but Katara, her entire world got turned on its head. That's a fair point. she was the one who took that role. Especially in, like, especially in a society that still is very gender, um, very gendered. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah absolutely where for Sokka like the bigger effect for him was his dad leaving mm-hmm. uh, which and, and not to say that didn't affect Katara either but like that's the bigger one for him is his dad leaving his mom leaving is sad and definitely affects him but yeah I, I think you got a good point there I think for her for Katara it's much more earth shattering when her mom is dead yeah, yeah. But what, what else do you notice from this episode um I guess I kind of liked the whole hockey bit. <laughs> Even though it's like one episode and it doesn't do anything in the end. It was just funny. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, so are we like getting a new member of Team Avatar? And then all of a sudden the hawk goes off and and, and where's hockey? And I was like, oh, never mind. Guess he's gone. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, like the end where Katara is like, you know what? Maybe I have been too harsh. Let's go run a scam. And oh yeah. Of course, nothing goes right. Yeah, I did kind of feel like that. Kind of feels like when I definitely know some kids who, like, their parents are trying to figure out how to get their kids to like them, and are a little obsessed about that. <laughs> and so, like, like I can. I even had a kid, a student, who told me like that her dad's trying to make her like trying to just make her happy or just trying to get along with her so like she he's buying her about everything she asks for that's kind of how that felt that came off to me of like katara's trying so hard to be cool i'm not a regular mom i'm a cool mom (laughs) exactly and it's just like oh just just be you katara just just do what you do best 
don't try so hard. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Otherwise, I don't really have anything else for that episode. I don't um, either. All right. So in that case, let's go ahead and move on then to episode eight, The Puppet Master, just in time Ooh. for the spooky season. Spooky. <laughs> uh, which, you know, both of these episodes, if we're going to make some comments on them, both of them are extremely straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. Both of them are single, like single plot. Um, yeah, we don't see any of like Zuko or Iroh the entire time. Right. Like we have no idea what's going on with them. Um, and so like, yeah, I guess all of that, all of that to say, like our, our level of comments this week might be fairly down. Of course, I'll say this. And then maybe like at the end, I'll be like, oh, we we're, were just recorded a 35 minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know, like, I guess to me, if there is one, you know, if there's one big theme that comes out of this, it is a theme we've talked about before when we talked about Jet, but the consequences of evil Mm. and just like if you if you're going to talk about this episode because blood because bloodbending is freaking freak freaky uh-huh like first of all the whole idea of like oh they can control you or whatever like like you you know way more of how the body works than i do but what little i know says that's not even true the blood stops flowing the body shuts down yeah and I mean, you can argue that it's like interstitial tissue bending, but we won't get into the details. Of right, that. right, right, right. <laughs> not going to get into the anatomical details of how exactly does blood bending work in the Avatar world, but nope. but still, um, just because Hama is, and I think, and I think the episode, the, the the drawlers, the animators who do this, I think they do a good job of this. Hama is by and large, seems like a normal good person at the beginning, like when she does her flashbacks. Well, when she first shows up, she seems like, well, I mean, oh, in the flashbacks, yeah. In the flashbacks. No, 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 no. When she first shows up, I'm just like, <laughs> woman, woman be crazy. Uh-huh. Um, but no, like when they do the flashbacks, like she just seems like a normal northern water tribe, or southern water tribe, excuse me, person. Um, and, you know, like when she's in the prisons, like, you know, at first, you know, she still seems fairly sane and fine. But what I noticed is just in how she's animated and how she walks and does stuff. And granted, it could definitely be the impact of what prison did to her. But she goes from seeming pretty to suddenly just seeming like I get I get flashbacks of like the ring or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just just horrific. And of course, now as as an old woman in this random fire nation town, like I'm not going to lie about every time she says something, I just get, mm-hmm. but it's like the episode sets her up to seem creepy at first. And then it convinces you she's normal. And then it goes back to creepy. Yeah. And which I, I Oh, go for it. I was just going to ask with the first time you watched it, like, did you, did you think it was, I, I mean, yeah, you kind of oscillate back and forth, but did you think it was her? I kind of got this, episode spoiled for me a little bit in that oh. I knew that there was a creepy old woman who taught Katara bloodbending at some point. Oh, gotcha. So, hard to say. <laughs> yeah. But that said, I love that the show went there with the bending. <laughs> yeah. Like you just like the bloodbending aspect? I love, like- I yeah, I love the bloodbending as a concept because it kind of like, when you hear about the bending of the elements and things, you're like, well, I wonder how far you can take that. Um, mm. And they took it they took it to its natural conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. And it almost makes me wonder, like, 
could an airbender bend the breath out of somebody's lungs or could an earthbender break somebody's bones like can you bone bend <laughs> oh beth you haven't watched Le- the, that part of legend of Korra, have you oh they do that oh geez okay <laughs> one of those one of those things you said actually happens nice um so yes not uh, yeah just one of those things the other one okay no. okay um, and if firebenders can bend life and energy could they bend mitochondria <laughs> <laughs> uh firebenders stick to just lightning uh oh, okay um uh, and boom boom or sparky boom boom man or whatever sparky mm-hmm. sparky boom man um yeah i guess this these aren't spoilers but like for like the natural apparently the extreme form of earthbending uh becomes uh lava bending oh interesting yeah which i always kind of thought was garbage because that's like that's has more to do with heat but yeah whatever. i mean they're technically rocks i guess as long as they're not creating the lava they are uh <laughs> sorry Okay. Okay. Anyways, we're going off. We've digressed. We we need to we need to circle back, Uh, because this is because this is Aang's story. Um, In any case, yeah, I I can see I can see what you're saying because yeah, it 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 does have to be at some point you do have to explore, you know, because we can do all the cutesy like oh I can bend the rocks I can bend you know the river and the air around me and the fire, but there does have to be a natural conclusion of, you know, because some sadistic person is going to be like. What can I do with this? How can mm-hmm. I, what what can I, what could I do if I really wanted to be evil with this? And yeah. and you yeah. brought up comparisons between Jet and this episode with the consequences of evil. Um, and I think there's also a parallel here between, um, not not just the consequences of evil, but uh, oh shoot, I lost my thought. Well, oh, do the ends justify the means? There we go. Do the ends okay, justify yeah. the means? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Because because you sympathize with Hama because she has been treated just so awfully, and so have the Southern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Like like when they do that scene, I honestly hear a lot of like, you know, they try to take our culture away. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, this time when I watched it, I was like, oh, I'm getting some, like, Native American vibes going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. Like, and you, so you totally get, because she's right. Because they have. She's not wrong. What they have done is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, does it, does it mean that she gets permission now to do something that would be otherwise immoral to them? Because they've been immoral to her. And I think you could argue that she was justified in bloodbending her way out of the prison. Is bloodbending by itself kind of horrific? Yes. But like, she got herself out and they were like, I mean, I I think you can argue that it was a right choice to bloodbend herself out of prison. Mm -hmm. Capturing a bunch of innocent villagers, not so much. (laughs) Right. No, and I hear what you're saying there. Exactly. Yeah. And so, gosh, and I guess the one positive I give I guess the one not positive the one good thing out of this whole thing is like at least it can only happen under the full moon um Mm -hmm. so it kind of because that's it because otherwise that's a very overpowered ability Mm -hmm. um as as you have watched season or yeah season one yes yeah so you you do know 
when they kind of get rid of that rule that they just established, um, how incredibly <laughs> overpowered that can be. So yeah. I'm glad they do kind of nerf it a little bit with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, just the whole consequences of evil. The fact that like the ramifications of, of what the Fire Nation has done is not just their evil, but the evil it has created in other people mm-hmm. because of their anger and hurt. Um, that's, I think, to me, that's like the biggest theme of this is along with the end do the ends justify the means because i think that's definitely brought up um but i think you just see who hama has become and hama is also and the evil that she is is also a consequence of the evils of the fire nation Mm -hmm. and it's not just the fire and so it's not just the fire nation doing evil as a result of their actions they have created more evil Mm mm-hmm Oh, absolutely agree because uh, like with a lot of people that we've even seen in the show like you said like if the fire nation had never come down to the southern water tribe and started taking away all the waterbenders hama wouldn't have become evil she would have just been another grand grand in town mm-hmm. waterbending and doing her thing but yeah yeah exactly and then i think to me you know, I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we need to explain why bloodbending is so horrific. I think it's intuitive, um, mm-hmm. but I think what's what's also what's very striking to me, if we're just talking about a moment in the episode, is when Katara has to learn what, uh, bloodbending in order to save her friends, and at the very end where Hama, um, you know, pokes at her and just like, "Congratulations, Katara, you're a bloodbender," and she like bursts into tears i just i just felt so sorry for her because it's just like because how because for something like in my mind it's like this thing that she's so proud of and that has given her such joy um you know to become a master waterbender it's now been tainted Mm -hmm. it's it's, i I almost feel like she's been violated yeah Um, and it's just i just i just felt i just kind of felt so sorry for her because because this thing that was so pure and happy has now has now just has now just become poison and that's probably going to shake up her world or would have shaken up her worldview a bit too. Cause she's always been like water bending slash water benders, good fire bending slash fire benders evil. And we've seen plenty of episodes in the show where it's been fire slash fire bending can be okay, but mm-hmm. this is our first foray into and water bending slash water benders aren't inherently good. Right. Cause we've even had earth benders who have, who have definitely been bad, but we've never, I would agree. We've never seen that from the water tribe. Um, but now we have seen that even, even which and, and it would be and it hit home so particularly hard for her since she is a, uh, of the water tribe, um, as someone and and of her own southern tribe. Mm-hmm. It's like looking um, into a dark mirror of herself. It is absolutely. It's who she could. That's a good way to put it. It's who she could become. Oof. So very very appropriate. Very like for a kid show. Very spooky enough. Um, to match up with the with the Halloween season, um, I don't. I really don't have any other things. Is there anything else you wanted to? No, nope, I'm good. Awesome. To wrap up the episode this week, it's time for us to give our ratings. Um, so we try to get them on a five-star basis. Our ratings are always arbitrary. Our reasons, however, are not. Um, so Beth, for season three, episode seven, The Runaway, 
what were you thinking here? I'm going to give this one a 3.6. It's an enjoyable episode. I liked it. It set up the idea that you can use non-traditional sources of water for bending, which is cool. At the end of the day, it's a lot of Toph and Katara yelling at each other and not a lot of plot motion. So 3.6. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did 3.8, but like, yeah, I mean, your logic is exactly right. Like just, it's not really critical to the plot. It's just a filler episode, a pleasant filler episode, but a filler episode, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we move on to episode eight, the puppet master. What was your thoughts on this one? I'm going to give this one a 4.1, I think. Okay. Uh, again, kind of similar complaints as the last one. Doesn't move the plot along a whole lot, but the ambiance and the introduction of blood bending and kind of the fun little mystery, I just really enjoy it. So 4.1. Gotcha. And I kept this one at a 3.8. I don't know. To me, to me, these two episodes I thought were very like fundamentally similar. Um, and so I was like, I didn't feel like I could separate them. Um, I, I definitely get, I definitely concede your point though on the bloodbending thing. That is, you know, a little bit earth shattering. So, yeah, I do. I will concede that point. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.